Discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Art Star Scene Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am Francis Hall, aka Faceboy. Steve Epstein, yeah, is with us. Lucille is with us. Hi, Facebook. <laughs> I first met Steve at a little theater called Surf Reality. And uh, that theater was in existence from 93 to 2003. And it changed the world. <laughs> uh, TikTok agreed because they, TikTok sent out my, my post I made about you guys last night. You made a really nice touching post. I made a touching post about, you know, the art star scene and reality and stuff and they they sent it to like i'm new on tiktok so they they sent it to 737 people which i'm not like those are not my fans yet so that's that was pretty nice of them mm -hmm. so uh tell me some of your surf reality memories when did you first start going there i think we started going there in uh i for some reason i think it's 1997 97 i believe so well, okay. 96 or 97 and uh the first time we ever went there was uh, Face Boy open mic on a Sunday it night. It was my open mic. Absolutely. <laughs> that mic is kind of shitty. Yeah, you want me to move yeah. over? Okay. Switch over. I won't bite you. <laughs> Do I need the same? Headphones are okay? It, as long as you can still matter. hear it, yeah. Yeah, that one doesn't stay up all that well. <laughs> but it works better. But it works better. Yeah, we, 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 we have maybe not the most up-to-date studio, but we still love it. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, I'm old, so it doesn't stick up as good either. You know, like once you start getting old, things start <laughs> dropping. Um, Did you want to switch because you're taller? Like, you're, I'm shorter than you. Um, I'm okay if you can hear me. I don't mind. I just feel bad yeah, by we can hear watching you. you. No, it's all right. Okay. <laughs> so we performed. Uh, we performed. I was a member of a comedy team called Epstein Hassan, the Black and the Jew. And uh, I still remember the first night that we performed because um, Baseboy uh, gave us really um, a lot of love and support. You, you, you thought we were really funny. Yes. We, we, we did. A, I forget even what we did, but um, and. Uh, that was really the beginning of the first time we were ever there. And then we started going pretty much every Sunday. And uh, a couple of times, I remember one of the first times you had a you had, you made a, you had come out from the bathroom and you had asked, like, you were confused because there was a smell of marijuana in the bathroom. <laughs> and you were wondering, like, why would someone go in the bathroom to smoke marijuana <laughs> at Surf Reality? Because you could smoke it openly. It was right in the open. Everybody was smoking. And the following week, I came back and I made my big confession that it had been me, that I was being uh, greedy and didn't want to smoke with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was my, and uh, it was really, you know, it was funny because that was the great thing about surf reality because you could basically do anything. And if you, um, if you could do, if you could stay focused and improvise for eight minutes, like Nightmare and I built a whole thing out of that and kind of became a, you know, um, something that we realized that we could do. And over time, we started thinking that basically our whole act was developed at, on Sunday nights. Over time, we would come in and do different material. And I had the, um, I'm one of these people, like I never forget if somebody laughs at something I say, like, <laughs> even in day-to-day -day life. Like if I say something and somebody laughs, I always remember it. And I'll find a way to put it in the show at some point. And that's how we developed our act over time. I mean, we just kept coming and... Um, you know, it was it was the best. I always thought it was the best thing, um, the best vibe that I ever was involved in. 
you know, with Naima. That was like our favorite vibe. It was so many great comedians, so many great performance artists, and just the way you did the show. And um, I mean, I did a, we we did other open mics. I love Reverend Jen's show too, but we were more regulars at your show. That was our our, our big. Uh, my show was bigger for the stoners, and hers was bigger <laughs> for the drinkers. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I've always been more of a stoner than a drinker, as you well know. Mm-hmm. And then through the years, I figured out one of the ways you could get Facebook to give you better spots is if you brought them weed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I'm definitely not above bribing the host. Like, I will bribe the host. You know, Naima and I offered him sex at different points for better spots on the show, too. But he, I once, like, took down my pants because, like, I, I was late to setting him my music, and I didn't want him to... They get me in trouble. So I. The first time we met, <laughs> the first time we met, I was stage managing a, a burlesque show and she was performing in it. And she didn't, you know, as a stage manager, I was, well, I am pretty retentive in a lot of different things. And I'm usually very, like, retentive as well as a performer. But for some reason, like, I had just gotten out of a psych ward. It was kind of a bad week and I didn't send in my music in time. And yeah, <laughs> I had this, I had this, I would ask the performers for three things in advance. Uh, do you. What music are you playing? What is the cue to start your music? You know, because some people, you know, want it to want to be posed before the music starts. Some people want it as soon as they're introduced, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, and how would you like to be introduced? Those three questions. Get those, you know, on a typed out sheet of paper. Get it to the tech person. Get it to the host, you know. And nothing. I got nothing <laughs> from Lucille. Nothing. And like, I'm and, not that way. Like, as a performer, I'm not that way. You can ask any of my like, you know, producers. But it was just like a bad week. And I jokingly said, "I'm gonna spank you," and her pants came down <laughs> so fucking fast. Like, she was like, "Okay." <laughs> what I didn't know, because with me, it was love at first sight. My my niece asked me actually, "Was it love at first sight?" And I was so glad to be able to say, "Yes, it was," because you know she had that hope that that exists and it does. And I didn't realize that she was feeling. She sent me so many fucking hints that she was into me, but I I was like, "This old fuck." I don't know. Like he was like he was like you know telling Scooter Pie he was like. Yeah, she's definitely not into me, but like, look what she sent me today, like her butt, like, and like, <laughs> like uh, Scooter was like, no, I mean, Lucille doesn't, I mean, I was actually like, uh, you know, like, especially at that time, like quite, I wasn't that way. So like, you know, they, Scooter was like, she's definitely sending you hints. <laughs> Some people are not good at that, picking up hints. Yeah. Uh, you know, Namer Ny- always thought everybody wanted me, you know, so she was always telling me, because I'm like totally, um. I'm not, I, I don't pick up that either, you know, so, but anyway, I should mention that. Uh, they probably uh, did. Naima, she, <laughs> she passed away about uh, a year now, so um, make a, uh, we, I'm no longer performing as uh, Epstein and Hassan, and. Or I, the Black and the Jew. Or the Black and the Jew, but I am It really wouldn't on. work for you to perform as the Jew. But I am now performing as, I've changed my name, because like I've done a couple of comedy clubs and they need to introduce you. And I didn't really want to be Steve Epstein. Um, I just, you know, because that's a made-up name. My name isn't really Epstein. We just used Epstein because it sounded more Jewish. Epstein and Hassan. So originally... I'm I, just learning this now. Well, well, we never, you know, it never really mattered. But my, yeah. name, my name was Krantz. It was. My name is Krantz. Stephen Krantz is how I was born. But we didn't like Krantz and Hassan or Hassan and Krantz. Epstein and Hassan. My sister was married to a guy named Epstein. So she divorced him, by the way. So I kept his name, but she didn't. <laughs> a, a kind of interesting thing. That is really good. But um, so now I'm Epstein Hassan. 
I just took the and out. Oh. And I just combined the two names. Epstein Hassan is my new stage name, so I'll, inter- I'll announce it on your show. Um, I am now Epstein Hassan. Because okay. Naimer always said that we were basically two aspects of one person. So I just, you know, I took the and out. Yeah. And now she's in me, and half the things I say in the show she wrote. So it's kind of... It's important to yeah, keep it's kind of okay. Yeah. <laughs> and my plan is that, you know... For the rest of my life, which, you know, could be very short, but, or it might not, it's hard to know. But as long as I'm alive, I'm going to keep Naima alive. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's my, uh, I, I finished a show about her called When the Soulmate Dies, and um, I did that show to honor her, her legacy as an acting teacher in New York, where she was nominated for a Tony Award, as a uh, Buddhist meditation teacher, and as a comedian. And as a very, very kinky woman, <laughs> the most sexually uh, imaginative person that ever lived. So I kept it alive, you know. And now I'm going to continue on starting in January. I'm doing a new show, which is going to be called um, A Case for Sexual Reparations and Rubbers. Like that, yeah. Because Naima had said we were writing a book that was called When a Black Woman Marries a White Man, Sexual Reparations Must Be Paid. And uh, we were, you know... We didn't finish the books, but we did have a bunch of stuff from the book, so I'm going to do that live. And uh, the rubbers part is an interesting thing. Um, I became very friendly with a young Chinese feminist comedian. Uh, her name is uh, Feng Wen Yang, and uh, she does a piece in her show, which kind of shocked me that because um, it's kind of common, which I didn't know, that a lot of young men now, while they're having sex with women, they start out wearing a rubber, yeah. and then they take the rubber off. There's actually a word a for it. Called, it's called stealthing. And yeah. It's disgusting. It is, it is you know, disgusting. It's rape, and it's yep. it's um, a form. It's, it's a definitely under- rape. It is totally rape. It's and, like, of- because I'm small, like, it's like Planned Parenthood told me that I needed an IUD because that would, like, definitely continue to happen. What's you know, the word they use? It's terrible. Stealthing. Stealth. S-T-E-L-F-I-N-G. Stealth. Stealth. But they're not being stealth. Like, usually the girls notice. Stealth. But they're not being stealth because usually the girls notice and then they're asking the guy to stop and the guy just holds the girl down. Like, that's my my generation. That's even more rape. I don't think, I don't, I'll find out from her, but I don't, I don't think that, I think she just didn't know. Didn't know. Yeah. And, you know, it's just such a disgusting um, act. Mm -hmm. So, and Naima had this thing for years about rubbers. Like, when I met Naima, you know, she made it clear to me this was like in the AIDS, you know, not yeah. that AIDS went away, but this is when it was really hardcore when in the 80s when people were. There was no treatment. And dying left and right. And, you know, Nightmare and I both had had, you know, very active pasts. So when we got together, we decided that we were going to be monogamous. You know, we claimed that, you know, you never really know if you are. Yeah. Or not. That was the claim. That was. But the rubber thing, she was like 100%. You have to wear a rubber. So then as the years went on, um, because, again, sexual reparations, one of the reparations that Naima felt that a, a white man should pay to a, to a black woman is that a white man should uh, never come inside of a black woman, whether they were married or not. So, After all the years of, like, rape, yeah, rape sexual uh, yeah. abuse. Yep. So, um, so the thing that happened for me and her was, you know, we were together almost 40 years. So towards the end of our marriage, Naima couldn't get pregnant. You know, she was, 
she was yeah. ready to she's gone through the change of life you know when you come home and the air conditioning is on even though it's 30 degrees below zero you know that the, she's in the change thing mm-hmm. mr on fire the heat so even yeah. when she was an old woman i was still wearing a rubber and that um that shocked a lot of people so you know but the rubber thing i'm going to do it in a whole you know i also have another side to it i mean that doesn't shock me i mean my sister is like an aids researcher and like it like you you'd be surprised at like just how many like uh, my sister does think like even within monogamous relationships you do have to wonder if people are lying well that's the thing like we we didn't you know i i i would swear for naive more than I swear for myself. I and I'm you know, I know I didn't cheat on her, but I'm just saying, like I know she didn't. But for her it was more of a um, respect thing. It was a big racial thing and our, our marriage and a lot of our sexuality was about challenging um racial things, you know. Yeah, so, because so many I think white men just take advantage white, of black women. White men have been yeah. raping black women for four hundred yeah, years. Exactly. And yeah. coming, you know so it was just something that we had in there. So you know, when she told the story about her, this thing, because I, I really thought it was really, um, I, I just think that it's such a pathetic thing to do because aside from pregnancy, there's still disease-related stuff too. Exactly. So it was just, so I figured I'm going to put that in the title, but I also have another thing because, like, I, I'm of the, you know, both Naima and I, we never really understand why people want to have children <laughs> in the world today that, how selfish can you possibly be to bring a person to bring a person into this world? So you know, you know, I'm going to make it funny. I hope too. I, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm always trying to be funny. Like that's the thing. When I was doing when your soulmate dies, it really hit me at a certain point that um, I liked I like me I love making people laugh. Mm-hmm. People were crying a lot in that show, and from a dramatic point of view, you know, but it hit me at a certain point that. I like when people laugh. You know, I'm a comedian at heart. Like, it was it's, it was strange. Like, I wasn't not that I I wanted people to feel whatever they felt. But when I would see them, because I see people, I'm like right on top of them, and um, it just hit me that I I always want to be funny, but I do have things that I try to say. And rubbers are a big thing with me now. Like, you know, um, yeah, I think that because she really bothered it really hurt her. You know, my friend. I had the like stealth thing happen to me twice and I, you know, had, I, I also sort of want to do a comedy show about it and it's very inappropriate comedy show, but I ended up like having two abortions over those times because I felt like, um, they were mercy killings because people were saying that my kids were going to be taken away and the foster care system is just so fucked up that, you know, I couldn't like, you know, bring a child into that system, you know? Um, and I didn't know if I was ready to leave them for adoption, you know? And so, and like, you don't know that, that like, that's going to be a good family either. You know, in this world, like people hate what I said, because a lot of people, when I say that, you know, about children and how selfish you are. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my, I, I heard, I, I heard a long time ago and it, it never left my mind. Like in our, in our world, I know there are exceptions. So if you're one of the exceptions, when you hear this, you don't have to get offended or have your feelings hurt because that's okay. I'm not saying there aren't exceptions. But I will go on record, it's pretty obvious to me that people don't love their children. Because if you love your children, you can't uh, be happy with any child anywhere dying. So if you love your children, no matter what the politics of a situation are, you can't be happy that 5,000 children died. 
exactly. And I'll take it even further because this guy, this poet, wrote this thing. I always remember too. He said, "One little girl having her doll blown up is not worth any piece of land or any oil." So that's just my thought. So you know what? We used to take it further because we would people would always ask us why do you, why don't you two have children? Well, number one, you really can't have children unless you come inside your wife. But number two, <laughs> on a different side of it, is why do you have children? Did you think your genes can't end with you? Look at yourself. Did you really have to pass that along to another person? I mean, <laughs> you know, there's nothing about you that's good. You know, why did you have to do that? It's like you, then the kid is going to be born. They're going to have years and years of suffering. Yeah, generational trauma. Yeah, and, you know, because unless you're good-looking, especially if you're a really unattractive person, you're going to have unattractive kids, and our whole society is based on how attractive you are. Do you think unattractive people know they're unattractive? I don't know. Well, they should. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's what mirrors are here for. (laughs) Mirrors, you just look, you know. Look, I'm not... Not not, everybody sees themselves correctly in the mirror. There is... is, I, I have body dysmorphia. But you have the reverse body dysmorphia where you think you're unattractive and everyone thinks you're attractive. Like that's that's different than the people who are unfortunately unattractive and like believe they're attractive, which is like I'm I shouldn't be speaking on this. It's, I'm like so body positive <laughs> and like I like I, I try to be like so positive about people's appearances, but no, you know, I'm not against their appearance. Everybody <laughs> should look the way they look. I'm just saying, why are you bringing other people into the world? Like, just look at this world. With I gold. mean, especially if you're not going to therapy and you're not, like, doing a lot of work on yourself. Like, most people are just not prepared to be parents. And, and, and you know. I'm going to say something again that might some bother some people, but most men, they don't want to be fathers. No. They, no. Hate, they hate being fathers. Now, there are exceptions. There are great fathers. I got to always clarify everything because everybody's so touchy. But... Most men do not want to be fathers. No, they don't. They, they just want to keep their wives happy. Or they don't give a shit at all. Yeah. You know, they want you to come. And here's the thing with a rubber. I've had sex with rubbers and without rubbers, you know, years ago. I, I do remember. And uh, sex is good either way. It's good either way. You don't have, yeah. I'm not saying maybe it's a little bit better. You get more, a little bit better without a rubber, but it's not that, it's not worth. It's maybe that. a little more intimate. I wouldn't say better. I'd Better, say right. sex is, is still they're, great with they're, a condom. They're, they're, the ones they make these days are so modern. They're so thin. I know. It's, they're it's so like, thin. And, and if, you, if you, you know, came into your sexuality or if you were very sexual in New York City in the AIDS era, condoms just became something. Right. You know, I'm wearing one right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. Like, like my sister cried when I told her my generation was not wearing condoms. Like, she cried, like, because she's, like, she, yeah, she's studies, currently studying to, to cure AIDS, but she said it's just not going to happen in our lifetime, probably. And, you know, um, the, like, we're really going to have to, like, focus more on prevention. Well, it, remember, you equals you. It is not what it used to be. If you're undetectable, you can't spread it. Of so, course. You know, We've come very has, far. Yeah, if a person has But that's what HIV, she means by they, pre- they, they preventing. Can, yeah, they can, yeah. and they take their medications, and they're undetectable. They could come all up in you and you wouldn't get you wouldn't get it it's so yeah not, that's what that's, the department of health now. is focusing on they're focusing on you know um prevention and like spreading but they're not focusing on actually like curing it that much like they, they have not put a lot of money into curing it because they, it's actually considered like almost impossible at this point 
No, I don't think that's it, personally. My belief is that it's uh, being blocked by the pharmaceutical industry that's making so yeah, much I think my sister does. I think my sister does listen to, like, you know, some li- li- lies the government tells her sometimes. I could be totally full of shit. That's no, just my no, opinion. No, I, I'm actually on your side. Uh, if that. you Anything that you say that's negative about the pharmaceutical industry is true. Probably true. Everything yeah. is true. Because that is, there's no way they can't uh, get rid of cancer. Yeah. You know, I'm not a conspiracy theory kind of guy, although lately I think I use, you know, now I'm becoming much more so. But there's so much money to be made in cancer. They don't want to, they, they have to keep doing it the way they do it. Yeah. I mean, you're guaranteed yeah. to be, you know, you're guaranteed to um, make billions and billions of dollars. If you literally cured cancer, that's gone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we just did an episode on like transitioning kids too young. And, um, you know, that's like, that's a lifelong patient whether you know you want to look at that it, that way or not you know everything is like that like um this is what happened during covid they've created a situation when you don't trust them which is a horrible thing you're supposed to trust you're supposed to trust doctors and yeah. uh, you know you're supposed to but nobody trusts them and what was found out was they don't deserve to be trusted no they don't and that's the issue, you know. Uh, F- Pfizer. I mean, yes, they have done some unbelievably great things, particularly when they came up with uh, Viagra. I mean, that was one of the greatest discoveries in the history of the world. And I used to say <laughs> Viagra. <laughs> Viagra was brutal because old women now these old men now seventy year old no, guys are trying to fuck brutal. them. They're waking them up. They used to be able to sleep through the night. <laughs> some men can last like ten hours on yeah, Viagra. Ten hours, and know? I'm like. I'm like, when is this going to end? You know, that's like what Naomi would say. And these old guys, these old women, they thought the, they thought the kitchen was no. closed, and now the kitchen is open again. So Viagra has been. I, I I do love you know what they've done. You know, they could have probably cured with all the money they spent on Viagra. They probably could have cured uh, Alzheimer's, but they didn't want to waste. They didn't want to waste that. money no, on that. No, no, no was, there's was, no it, profit. No. <laughs> so you know, but you can't trust them. Basically, is what I'm saying, and that's why me personally. I had to take uh, the, you know, I had to get the COVID shots because of my job. You know, you Absolutely. have to do it. Yeah. But I never, I never trusted it. I'm scared. I'm scared like what they've done because I, it takes longer than that to develop a vaccine. Um, so I am scared, but like I obviously wanted to get back to society. So like if we, there was no other way, yeah. you know, there was no other way. So if you wanted to join society again, you really had to take this. But I, I've never been scared of a vaccine before, but this vaccine was just rushed. It was clearly rushed. Well, now they got another one. They they're trying to scare the shit out of you to get the um, the fourth one, the shingles vaccine. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. you know, because anyone who's ever had shingles, I've had it, so I know how bad it is. It's like terrible. I've had it. It is I've never so had it. bad. Never oh had no, it. it's um, it's much worse than COVID. It's not even the same league. And they know that you if you've had it, so they're scaring the shit out of you. You're over fifty. You had shingles. Aren't you scared? Aren't you scared? Go buy another, get a vaccine. Go to the store and get a vaccine now. They're trying to get me to do the pneumonia vaccine, but I just had pneumonia. I, I, it was very bad. I almost died like of pneumonia. They had to put me on three antibiotics, and I had to stay in the hospital so long that I thought I was being trafficked. <laughs> <laughs> My mental health started to fucking kick in, and I was like, fuck, I'm being trafficked by the hospital. But, um, yeah, like, I don't think I'm going to get the pneumonia vaccine. Like, I don't know. Like, that's brand new, too. What do you think? Should I get it? Uh, how long ago did you have pneumonia? I feel like I just had it in August, like so it should still be in my system. I really don't know. 
I don't know how that works. I'm not a scientist. I know I don't pretend to Yeah, be. I don't know. I, I can't advise yeah. on that. Please, I, please, I, I, please do not listen to our science advice <laughs> on this show. Well, don't listen to any of our advice. <laughs> don't listen to any of my advice. <laughs> I, you know, there are disclaimers before the show for a reason. I might, I mean, I'm intelligent, but I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Well, you're right time. about stealth, stealthing. Stealthing is a real yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Is, if, you, if any young person who's listening to this, that's an assault. If, if you do that, that's assault. Something you got to really think about what you're doing there. You know, that's really a, a very vicious act. Yeah, the best thing you can do is uh, purchase the Scum Manifesto, cut off your dick, and use it as a bookmark. If you're um, stealthing, that's my advice to you. <laughs> you know, if that advice. happens, if that happened to you, um, I'm. You know, we. Stand with you. You know, listen, to me, this is because I've been talking about this with other people. I have this thought, like, I've never been the kind of person, you know, I had one partner for a very long time, and since she's gone, I I still haven't had another partner. And, um, I mean, part of the reason for that is that, um, you know, part of our sex life was that whenever, I come, whenever I've been coming, you know, Naima had to give me permission. A black woman has to give the white man permission. Okay. And since no black woman has given me permission, I can't come. You can't so come. So a lot of times after the show, when I was just doing the show, black women would tell me on the way out, they gave me permission to come because they didn't want me, you know, they didn't want me a blue, good, blue ball. Good, But um, so far that hasn't happened. But anyway, I just think that I never understood that whole thing with guys like, if somebody doesn't want to have sex, I guess women do it too, but men do it more. If someone doesn't want to have sex with you, why would you want to have sex with them? Like, I really just don't get that. It's like, they don't want to do it with you. So somebody will do it with you. Like, why do you want to, that means that it's not sex. It's not sex. It's power. Yeah. It's yeah. power. It's violence. Mm-hmm. Everything in life is about um, sex, except for sex. Sex is about power. I forget who wrote that line, but that it's very good. I wrote it. Um, <laughs> since, since, since nobody knows, nobody knows. I, 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 uh, yeah, you'll take credit for it yeah <laughs> well, I, used, I used to have this acting teacher named george morrison and he said that every single transaction that human beings do is dominance and submission even if you're walking down the street one person will yield unconsciously to the other person because everything is a power so that like doesn't happen with me and because i'm so short like so many people try to like dominate me <laughs> but like i will not let them actually dominate that's me that's the thing because you so know we end up getting in these like the fights battle. on the street right. and i'm like i'm not fucking letting you that's a great example that he, <laughs> he, he would use that example that when you do that with someone there is a battle going there, oh on. there's a little battle yeah, like, and they, people, so many people try to fuck with me when I, I'm in the right, like, I'm on, I'm on the right side of the road, like, I'm on the right, you know, uh, do, do you know how to drive a car? Then you know how to walk, like, fuck you, bitch, I'm not fucking yielding for you, and, like, I told you about how it happened today, and I made somebody lose his fucking 290. Yeah, me, I, I get the fuck out of the way, I, it's just not worth about No, I do not, I, mean, I do not. Let me ask you a question, though, I was on West 4th Street, and I was walking, you know, when the, uh, you come out of the train, there's always, like, a staircase kind of thing. I was like near the staircase going towards the door, the exit, and someone was coming towards me. And I thought that they were supposed to yield and they refused to yield. Like literally we got into a stop. Mm-hmm. We both stared at each other. And I yielded. I got, I gave in. But as I was walking away, it was bothering me. Like I said, like why wouldn't they yield? Like who officially is supposed to yield if you're both Going in a subway situation when you're walking down, is there an official 
I, I think it's well, like the right or the left. Like yeah. Certain, yeah when, like, you, when you're going down, you're on the right. When you're going up, you're on the on the left. So there if somebody's is, trying to fuck with me and they're on the wrong side, like obviously if it's somebody who's like, like that. if somebody is like disabled, of course I would let them go because you know they're trying to like. But if there's no other extenuating circumstances for you being on the wrong side, then you like don't fuck with me. You know, don't fuck with me just because I'm short. You people will see me jump in just to fuck with me. Like they weren't on the same side that I was on. And then they jumped just to fuck with me. And I'm like, I, you know, I have a whole team of girls. Well, I did called team, team, team tiny that we were there to like protect each other because like, don't fuck with us. It's so fucked up. It's so fucked up how people, what people do to women and tiny women. And I, you know, I actually also have a man that I give permission to, um, you know, like he was a proud boy and I did tell him he had to not be a proud boy anymore. But um, part of the proud boy culture is they have to choose a man for to, to to like they have to choose a woman who will tell them when they are allowed to masturbate and, and allowed to pleasure themselves is that at true? all. Wow. Yeah, that's part of the wow. proud boy culture. Yeah, I mean, proud boy started like we actually had somebody who had started the, started it. You know, on this show, um, yeah, yeah one per, of the founders. actually a person of color. Like he was on the show, one of the founders. Like it did not start in the same like like. Like, you know, they didn't start out as assholes. They didn't start out as assholes. It was actually like the guy who who ran Vice, you know, started it. And, you know, he sort of turned into an asshole, I think. But like he didn't start out as an asshole. And like they really had a good thing where they believed like women should be in control. Like and one woman in your life should be in control. And, um, you know, men go farther if, if they are listening to one woman. Um, that is really true, by the way. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, I can speak on that. You know, that was my experience. I didn't have any... Um, you know, I didn't have a philosophy on it. I just did it, and it sort of worked out that way. You know, my, my I, I, I'm a big believer in, um, I think if you have, you know, again, everybody has, uh, I know a lot of young people today, um, I'm always, new, I'm off on the words, you know, when you have a lot of different partners, like, uh, polyamorous, is, polyamorous. The new, is the new term. Yeah. You know, a lot of people who and they change the terms like every day. Well, that's what I can't remember. <laughs> For years, I thought cis man meant you were a sissy, and then I learned no, cis yeah. man means you're not a sissy. That's yeah, true. I know it means you're a tough guy. Like, right, it's no. actually, like, I don't like, know why they put cis in there. They kind of tricked me. Uh, they actually did upset, I think, a lot of people. That upset like so many people are like you call me sis. Well, I didn't. You know? <laughs> no, I, I really thought they. It didn't upset me, but I but, was like, but like for a true man, you would use the word for like for like you know like the true like tough machismo guy. Like they would get very upset, and like it was meant as like compliment for them, I think. But like they didn't get it. Like they'd. Be I don't like, know if it was meant as a compliment, just a, a descriptive. A descriptive term. term you know, yeah. Everything <laughs> is so weird because you know this is a new. I don't know if this is new. Finding out a lot of things that I thought were new were totally old, but you know, from you guys. But the um, this whole thing about um, uh, when you make when you meet someone when you make out for the first time that you should get consent before you kiss. It's like a consent thing that oh, people yeah. want. My generation is asking for that now. So <laughs> no consent, a like a consent a thing. Lot. So I was thinking because this really affected me because I remember when I grew up. I grew up in Brooklyn. A lot of in a Jewish family, Jewish neighborhood, and a lot of Jewish girls would always say that they didn't like Jewish boys because they were too passive. 
that they dated Italian boys because Italians, if they wanted something, they just made. They, they just take yeah, it. They take Italian it. men. I'm Italian. Italian men just take right. it. Italian yeah. men's not asking you permission. No, we don't you. ask permission for and kids. Jewish women love that. They didn't marry the Italians. They married the nice Jewish boys because they want. Of course, their, they because they money. want their they they and, and mommy to approve. they want their mommy to approve. Like you know, like my mom will marry me off to anyone at this point. <laughs> not anyone. Like I, I, ha- I'm she's putting me at a higher rate after the first marriage didn't go well, but. She wants to be married in general, but like Jewish like mothers want their their kid married to another Jew. Jew. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like a hundred percent. Like no, it's hundred percent. Yeah, like you don't. Jewish girls would like you too passive, you know, and um, so it's like this reversal now. Now they want you to be passive because I don't know. Like it's a kind of weird thing. Like, do you like? I because I didn't have this experience. This is you know I I haven't kissed someone forty years. So other than my wife, so. Do you have to, how do you ask permission? Like you're on a date and you go, excuse me, can I kiss you? I, I'm like still struggling with it myself, actually. Like I am very consensual about like, you know, any sex act, like before I go into like, especially with women, like before I would, you know, touch a vagina, I'm very consensual, but like with kissing or, you know, you know, um, touching their breasts, like just something smart, like minor, like I still forget sometimes to say like, is this okay? You know? Like, but only when it's like very much like the signs are all yes, 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 yes. And I think the problem with my generation is this: they were like they were doing the stealth thing so much that we've had to like actually like hyper big fucking teach consent of these men. You know what I mean? We've had to like bang consent over their fucking heads. And it's pretty sad that my generation has like done that to the rest of you. But <laughs> I think that's like pretty. I do that. I do sort of blame the millennials. Like I don't know. Like I think the millennials had like this whole self thing going on. They had all these like things going on. They were like trying to, you know, they were listening to. I don't know what they were listening to because like we weren't raised like that. I don't know. Like well, millennials and everybody after baby boomers. Like I'm the end of the baby boomers. Yeah, we were the um the biggest hypocrite frauds that ever lived. Yeah, and we, le- we, we were raised by lo- This is who raised boomers. you. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they hate baby boomers so much. Yeah, because, we hate them because we were raised by them. <laughs> right, anybody raised by baby boomers is going to hate them because yeah. we were the biggest fakes, all that peace, love. We were the greediest, most selfish. There's guys. a new line called, like, kill, kill, like, kill the boomer, take the house. But, and, like, I, like, had... <laughs> never used it and then i use it on this like woman who's like poor she doesn't have a house like she like, lives with a fucking roommate i but like i still use it on her because she was like making fun of me for going to a homeless shelter and i was like yeah. let's talk about this uh about nine days ago maybe 10 days ago week and a half um lucille and she mentioned it last week but we really haven't gone into it that much uh entered uh, a women a women's shelter for people who are mentally ill, the first so I so I just a couple of days ago I met, entered the one for the mentally ill, and that's been a much better experience. Um, so that is good to know that they're like it's like because I'm extremely mentally ill. Like I'm not just a little bit. Like I, you know, um, you know, have been in psych wards over fifteen times in the last three years. You know, um, but like I, you know, um, your first shelter you were in. They were 16 people to a room, and you were attacked by I was a, I was attacked by a mob because they, like, broke in my locker. They found out what meds I was on. You know, they're obviously smart girls because they're able to look up, like, what, you know, but, like, what meds that is, and they're able to figure that out, and they're able to do all that. And they saw that it was first schizophrenia. And they attacked me, and they, they said, like, she's listening to her voices. She's trying to kill us. Da, 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 da. She needs to be locked up, locked up, locked up. They're screaming. And, like, this is in front of the staff. This is in front of the staff. And like me and the staff are just like looking at each other, like damn, it's like a lot of girls we're gonna have to take on. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and like I had like we had like a like they sent like even a big black guy to deal with it. You know, it was mostly women working in the shelter, but like they had like a big they sent like a big black guy to deal with this. You know, and it still just was not nothing was not, nothing was scaring these girls. And um, so the way they handled it was like keeping me under control. You know, like just like they were like just you know don't talk to them don't you know. So I said a few nasty things like. They, they, I, they were like, lock her up. And I said, I'd rather be locked up because at least the people there have human decency, you know? And I, and they were like, don't speak to them. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I think they thought like the less I spoke, the more it would stand under control, the less I agitated them. But I wasn't agitating them. Like they were just, you know, just a mob against me. Like it was just a mob against me. And the funny thing is, is like, they were like, you're telling on black girls, which I would never know. Like they, they went and got the staff. I did not, I never gave... Anytime I had to talk to the staff, I never gave a bed number. I never snitched. Like, I did not, like, tell, like, who, you know, who was, like, harassing me ever. You know, so I, I would never go and tell them black girls. I do understand, like, that they, they, you know, black girls do have, you know, a harder time in the system. And I would never tell them. But if you tell them your fucking self, it's not my problem. You know what I mean? You go and, you go and like, they, they, they just thought they were justified to get me locked up. And when they realized that wasn't working, they started screaming that I, was, I told them black girls. The soap that they give you in that shelter is it doesn't it, it work. doesn't work. It I we, yeah we work. we noticed like I had taken a shower a couple of days there and I was like I like you know you came I to came my place you know because you it's, it's just like a normal thing like to ask your boyfriend do you smell and like he's you know for twenty years done this for ten years asked I've asked him this question and the answer is always no and like this time it was like yeah you actually do smell and like so they had given me soap that doesn't work. You know, um, they like don't give any protein at breakfast, even at the nicer shelter. They don't give any protein at breakfast. Like that's your first meal of the day. That's like important. I mean, like I, it's like I, you know, luckily do have self resources and I'm like, you know, for me, I had like, you know, someone stole my identity and that's why I'm there, but I still luckily have resources, but some people do not have any resources and that's why they're there. No protein. Like you're really not going to do well. Like you're like, your muscles need that. You're like, you know, it's just protein is important. And my mom was like, well, maybe they can't afford, you know, an egg anymore because of the amount of migrants they've taken in New York. But I'm like, then we have to take less migrants. I'm sorry. Like, but if you can't afford an egg for everybody, then you can't afford the amount of people you have. And you need to admit that to the world, you know, and the mayor has to admit, I'm sorry, we can no longer afford this. We actually, we said we could afford everybody, but we can't, you know, because if you can't afford an egg, you can't afford the people. I've been stepping up big time as your partner and uh, that's why i'm okay like and i, I have protein I, and i'm okay you did you know you, you you weren't smelling right i gave you a bath i've been washing your clothes every day every day yeah. you've been coming over for dinner luckily this new place does out, have like um being, washers you know, and stuff you've, you've you've had a place where you can go during the day all day yeah. have dinner be shown love uh given tangible things that'll help you uh, and you know, I'm going to see you through this. Cause and I, some, cause so I one, you. one, this one guy who was like, just like back in my life, like just recently and had been in my life. He, he tried to get me to break up with Francis right now when I, right been, now while he's, been... while he's been doing all this help. And I'm like, are you, are you serious? And like, also like the, the sexual relationship I have with Francis is very specific. And unless somebody's willing to like have that with me, then I'm not willing to like give that up either. You can say what you said last night. Okay, so I said, to, uh, unless you bend over, to- are you willing to like bend over and like shiver for me or something? I said, <laughs> <laughs> you <know? laughs> are you willing to bend over and shiver for me? And he was like, um, no. and then he was just like, I just really think like, 
Yeah. <laughs> and and I don't I can say this freely because we're primarily he, into pegging. I can say this freely because he said he would never listen to the like um the Lucille and the old man show. He was like, I'll only listen if it's your own show. So he won't be listening because it's the old man show in his mind. Like it's very rude. Like very rude after everything you're doing for me and I, just everything you've done in the last ten years. You know he has been in and out. And my mom remembers. Does he want to arm wrestle this old man? I know, I know. Because the funny thing is, is like actually you're more fit. Um, and um, like it's just like me and him but my mom did remember my mom who is trying to marry me off to Francis too like not just like but she's just like she's just like I think at this point knowing Francis might not marry me or something so she's she's just like okay is there anyone who's gonna take you you know because she doesn't want to deal with me herself anymore Um, but she like she said like she told me that she was like you had problems with him before would you get married yes oh cool he doesn't necessarily want like to, like I might want to foster kids, you know. He doesn't necessarily want to do that, but I said I could do that alone, and he could just, you know, so we'd be, we'd still be married. That's, then, you know, if you want to get married, then you know, I'm there. I, I, I'll definitely come to the wedding. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I will definitely be there. Naomi used to marry people. You know, she had a license to marry people. I think you would be very good at that too. To marry? Yeah, um, like to to officiate. I think you'd be very good. I don't think we would want like a real priest. Do you have more to say on the shelter system? Um, we can talk more next week. I think we're having like a really good like, live conversation. I'd like to know uh, if I would like you to share your your experiencing your experiences with the nursing home system. Well, yeah, I mean the nursing home system in uh, in the United States, but I mean I'm mainly familiar with New York. Obviously, is a um, unbelievable uh, crime crime against humanity. It's uh, disgraceful the way they uh, hate old people in America. Um, absolutely you know during, even rich old people oh yeah during covid Naima and i we we realized that in america if you have what if they perceive you as a failure as you're old they basically were telling you die mm-hmm. you know uh, we're going to herd you into nursing homes where you're, you're not, not so working able, basically right and if you can't support yourself or if you're a loser but even if mind. you can support yourself if you're just not still working right. you're not valuable to say like, as you were saying like earlier like before we got on the show like there are people with $3 million right. who are dying bed, of bed sores. Bed sores. Like that, that's the experience. My friend's parents, they had a guarantee. Each of them had $3 million to the nursing home on Long Island, and they still got bed sores. Now, bed sores are only happening because the nurses aren't churning you. You don't have to get bed sores. There's definitely yeah. no, it's not, something absolutely. that's a lack of uh, concern. My the, grandfather died that way, too. Like, the nurses in yeah. these, in these nursing, uh, nursing homes, I went to war with them on a daily basis. Now, there's a number of problems that happens with nurses in nursing homes. They're usually all part of one ethnic group. I'm not going to say in what they were. And a mafia forms where you can't go against, if you go against one of them, they all turn on. Well, there is, like, a, like the Italians own the, like, I will, like, I'm as an Italian, I, I can say that the Italians do own the, the most of the, you know, do have, a, own most of the old people's homes. It's, like, pretty, like, bad what has happened. And I do, do want to start one day, for like, like, homes for girls who have been trafficked because I've been trafficked. But I, as an Italian, will make sure that like it is not run the same way as the well, nursing. I'm going to speak up against my people since you spoke up against your people. <laughs> um, in Naima's case, her nursing home was owned by Hasidim. Okay. And um, what happened was, the last two months of Naima's life, she not only had cancer, kidney failure, and COVID, she lost the ability to move her hands and legs. Terrible. So that's the ultimate nightmare for a human being. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
It's like a mouse on a glue trap. And that's why you should never put a glue trap down after I saw when a human being can't move. Can't move, yeah. Think about that mouse. You know, if you want to kill him, just kill him. Hit him over the head with a hammer. I got a cat. Yeah, my dad has Parkinson's. So and it's a horrible it's thing. You can't move. So here's the deal. When I left the nursing home at night, in order for her to get the nurses, they give you a buzzer. But okay. if a buzzer, if you can't use your hands, a buzzer doesn't help you. So I asked them to get her another a voice-activated system, which you can't tell me in 2022. They can't, can't do. Yeah, absolutely. But here's the thing. They get $850 a day from Medicaid. Her. Or Medicare, I always forget one of the two. It gives them $850 a day in, to the nursing home, but one person in a room. They told me that I'd have to buy the system because they're not going to pay for it because they don't have to. Absolutely ridiculous. So I said, you know what, I will. Now, before it happened, I even died, but I asked them, um, I found out who owned the nursing home. And I went to Brooklyn to see, I found out before I went to the nursing home, that they paid $115 million for three buildings in the Bronx. Okay. So they have a lot of money. Yeah, I mean. $115 yeah. million for three facilities in the Bronx. Most abusive people, like, run, like, huge organizations. Like, New York Prez has just come out as, like, their doctors being rapists. Like, New York Prez. So I go all the way to Brooklyn, and I realize when I get there that it is Hasidim, and I yeah. didn't have an appointment. I also noticed that it was a combination of nursing homes and real estate that they're involved in this company. I've had a lot of Hasidic so real estate agents. I figured, <laughs> right, how do I get in here? So I told them that I was here to pay a bill, and they let me in. They let you in. That's that actually really that smart. That That's I, really I, smart. I, so I figured. So when I said that in the show <laughs> I was doing, I said that line I was in the show, When Your Soulmate Dies, I had Jewish people on two different occasions get up, oh, no. tell me I was a self-hating Jew. And, and leave. And an anti-Semitic. Because I made a joke about the money. But it's not really a joke. It worked. But here's the story. So I end up getting to meet the guy who's in charge of the department. And when he sits down with me, he notices that my name is it's Jewish. So he says to me, are you Jewish? Now, I'm always asked that question in Washington Square Park by the Hasidim. They ask me if I'm Jewish. Is they going to pray for you? They want to pray. They want to pray. Yeah. To bring, not for me. They want to bring me back to Judaism. Okay. I They're see. They're not evangelicals. They're just trying to bring Jews back. If you say you're not, they want, but, but Lane's villain. So, yeah, you can't be like um, like a Christian who wants to be a Jew. No, no, you have no. to be. They're bringing you yeah, back. Yeah. I've actually been asked it too because I think like I have some features that look a little bit Jewish. You could be Jewish. I yeah. Um, so, but like the minute like I sort of like speak, I think they realize I'm, they can hear it in my voice that I'm not Jewish. So whenever they ask me in the park, I just tell, I, I lie. I say, no, I'm just walk. But when he asked me if I'm Jewish, I asked him back, are you Jewish? So he's sitting there dressed in Hasidic clothes. Yeah. So he looks at me like I'm totally nuts. Yeah. So he goes, "What you know?" So I I didn't say this to him, but there's no, they don't have to dress like that. That's a choice. There's nowhere in the Bible and the Talmud that says you have to dress in Eastern European clothing. No, that, no. They're making a choice. That's it's. They don't have to wear that outfit. It's a uniform. Like I wear a uniform: black sweatshirt, black pants. That's my uniform. They have yeah, their own they uniform. have their own uniform. Yeah. But what I made? I actually like their clothes. Well, you know, well, I, I said to this guy, <laughs> I said, I'm, um, I go, it's a very deep question you're asking me. Am I Jewish? It's not like a simple question because my take on it's like this. My grandmother who raised me with my parents till I was 11 and she died, she came from Ukraine and she told me her definition of being what Jewish meant. What Jewish meant was 
you were very compassionate and never bullied anyone. That was her definition of a Jew. I would agree. I like was trying to transfer to Judaism at one point. Um, so I asked this guy, are you compassionate? Are you compassionate? You won't yeah. get my wife a voice-activated system? Are you Jewish? So now he starts getting pissed at me because he has no answer. Yeah. So this is the part I think Facebook would appreciate because, you know, he starts telling me all the, that he's following, that they follow all the rules, whatever Medicaid or Medicare they do. You know, he's giving me a speech. That's not, that's not what Judaism preaches, though. Like, so, Judaism preaches much more, like, much more than compassion. just compassion. And yeah. not a bully, you know. But compassion, anyway, Francis. I, I looked at him, and as he's talking, I remember that I used to, Neymar and I used to uh, host a, a burlesque show called Shock and Gogo, and we had a black dominatrix in the show. And she had told me that her, her best dominatrix story was that she had a Hasidic customer who his fetish was he would wear women's clothing okay. and she would feed him pork products like spare ribs, uh, pork dumplings, and tell him he was a bad boy because he's eating pork. So okay. I'm looking at this guy, and I'm thinking, is he that guy? You know, as he's talking, I'm thinking, he's that guy. You know, he's sweating, and he's got all this stuff. So my point being, um, being Jewish, you can, if being Jewish means that stuff like you can't eat pork or that you have to go to shul, yeah, this guy probably does all those rules. But that's not what it means to me. So this is my other issue because my grandmother did tell me about being a bully. So when I watch the news and I see uh, a nation that has a world-class air force bombing the shit out of people who are unprotected, 5,000 dead children, then you're bullies just on the simplest level. And they that's, told them like, "Oh, like you can you can leave," and then they leave. and then they bomb they bomb can, them like they as also, they're leaving. They can't leave. There's no leaving. Where yeah, are they that's going? That's terrible. Like it's terrible. And so like, there's a lot of people who are claiming to be Jewish that aren't Jewish, in my opinion. Since he's asking me, I'm, I'm asking you back. I you know I, I don't um I go by that one rule that my grandmother told me, and the reason she told me that was she was from Ukraine. And when she was growing up during Easter, they would rape the Jewish women and kill them because of killing Jesus. Yeah. And to her, those were bullies. I, you know, I've studied a lot of different religions and like, I find like Judaism to be the, the most beautiful religion out there. Um, but, you know, and I've had Jewish people probably be the nicest to me throughout my life. But like, I do have to say, unfortunately, like the Hasidic community itself, like, like does not always like specifically the men I've had like great relationships with some Hasidic women, but like the Hasidic men are like not like in my opinion, like I've had like multiple Hasidic landlords. I've like, you know, had multiple Hasidic customers at my strip club. And like, I now have had like, I recently, like, um, you know, I re- I'm, I was, I'm recovering from anorexia. So it was like my first period back. I recently just got my period in a Hasidic neighborhood and I was trying to buy tampons and I got like blood on my pants because no one would sell me tampons. And it was just this like, like archaic situation where like, and then like the men started to notice that I had blood on my pants and were like laughing at me and like telling me like terrible, like shouting at me. And it was just like, like, like this is not what your religion teaches you to do. Like I was like very dumbfounded. Like, and I've t- actually tried to have that like conversation with my landlords, 
before where I said, I'm like friends with women in your community. I, you know, do, do know that this is not like what your like religion stands for, what you're like, what you're, how you're treating me. And like, they, like, they didn't want to hear it. They, then, you know, they have, um, the way they treat a lot of tenants, you know, trying to get rid of rent stabilized tenants. Um, Naima and I called them out a lot. And uh, one of the great shows we did, we had two women who were gay women, and they were former Hasidic, Hasidic women. Yes. And they were at our show, and uh, it, the audience loved them because they spoke out. They spoke about how they were treated. And Hasidim, um, they have a lot of things that people accuse them of that they sort of try to deny, but if you're Jewish, you know that it's true. They do believe that it's okay to cheat non-Jews. That yes. that's okay. Uh, yeah, I've heard that. That's yeah. in their rule book. That they, they have permission to do that. So when they raise the rent or they put rats in your building to get the rent stabilized. The cockroaches, you remember. You, you know, remember but my feeling on that is that um, they, they'll they pay the price. They're very, also, they're so. I un- won in court. I still had to leave because they were harassing me and scaring me and like, like you know, no, calling the cops on me. They're some of the worst landlords. They called the cops on me like every day. You know, like it's like. And they have the most kinky sexual behavior. That's what the dominatrix told me. She told me that if you get into the really, uh, you know, the, the, the dirty stuff, the piss, the shit, the, you know, those kind of things, that's what they're into. And they know that, like, so my experience with them as customers as strip club is, you know, they're not like they're trying to dom me. You know, um, and they always wanted to work with me for some reason. They always wanted to work with me, like all the Hasidic men and me and my friend Tiffany. And um, maybe because we had tattoos, it was very obvious we weren't Jews. I don't know. But they wanted to work with us. And um, they um, wanted to touch our armpits, knowing that, like, nobody wants like to have their armpits tickled. And they just wanted to hear us say, like, no, 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 over again. You know, and I would refuse to work with somebody again after they do that. But like, it would just be like every single one of them would try the same trick. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, where did you learn this in some sort of Hasidic rule book? That like, <laughs> let's just like, why are you all trying the same trick? It was I would very never confusing. have thought of that. See, that's what I'm saying. It's just, it, people, have their, you gotta admit, people are very creative when it comes yeah, to maybe sex. Maybe they're no. just all like, maybe they're just all thinking of the same thing. Like, like, you know, because they want to do something that's, like, they know they're on camera, so they want to do something they know that the, the club isn't going to run up there and yell at them for. But, like, they're doing something that, like, they all had the same exact trick. Like, I'm talking, like, and no other, like, white men did this to me. I, I would say mostly, like, it was white men who were problematic in the strip club and not black men. But it was, but it wasn't, like, just, like, it was, this was just specific of the Hasidic men. Like, for, for some reason, this specific trick. And I was like, why are you doing, like... Eat, eating spare ups to get hard is pretty is pretty uh, creative. I got to give it to that guy. <laughs> you got, I, mean, uh, I don't know how that first happens, like the first time you got... Because usually, like, something triggers something for you. Triggers we, something, right. yeah. We, we, have, we have five minutes left, so we're probably not going to get to the music we're going to play, but we do have to do this. This is, yes. Okay, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listener-supported radio. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax-deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. 
If you'd like to listen to RFB when you're not in front of our computer, please download our free mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Are you a musician? Are you looking for new musicians to play with? The first ever Yam Jam hosted by Radio Free Brooklyn will be on Sunday, November 19th at 8 p.m. at Our Wicked Lady. That's tomorrow. This is much better than your old copyright. Come join. Thank you. Yeah, I was. I used to be like. You used to be like rude about it. This is you're I stepping it up. Yeah, you burp every time. I was. Really he seems like he's sincere. Yeah, November nineteenth. I'm really happy with this. At eight p.m. <laughs> at our wicked lady. Come join a free. If it's free, it's me. A free music jam for musicians of any skill or stature to express themselves, explore musical improvisation, or bring a song you've always wanted to sing. This is the perfect opportunity to meet new musicians from all around Brooklyn. So don't miss the chance to be a part of RFB's first ever music jam. And make sure to bring your instruments. That's tomorrow, free, 8 p.m. at Our Wicked Lady, 153 Morgan Avenue. I'm really proud of you. You're, oh. you're really putting in an effort. Oh, no. Thank you. <laughs> Sounds like a real professional, you know, old school. Uh, radio. I sometimes I think like his interviews, like, um, you know, um, like, like he could be on NPR. You he's know? very, he's, he's very good interviewer. He's a very he, good. He's interviewer. very good. Yeah. He's a very, he's a great host. He's a great general. host. Like, he's a great host. Um, you know, I want to do my own hour. And then I was like, do I still need you to produce me? And he was like, no, like, like you know, it'll obviously be under the Archstar screen umbrella. But he said like he like that I'm ready to do it on my own. But I'm like scared to branch out from him, you know, because he's such a good producer. Well, that's the thing. Like I had to learn that. Um, I I worked with Naima for almost forty years. So when I went off on my own to do the show, uh, I had to learn something. And I, I think I might have mentioned this to Faceboy. I was really helped by uh, Tom Verlaine, who was a guitarist in television. Uh, he died right around the time Naima died. And I heard this interview he did that when he first left television and was doing like folk, not folk, like singer-songwriter kind of things. Yeah. He realized the great thing about being a solo performer is you can't fuck up. You know, you can't. You, like, when you're working nothing. with a partner, there is a rhythm that you have to have and that the, there's an interchange. If it's just you, nobody knows. There's nobody and to take it from that you. That helped me a lot because I started to, to think, oh, wow, so... I can't really fuck up if I don't, you know, whatever I do, I'll make believe that's what I wanted to do. So, you and know, it helps you grow as a performer. And, and just being with you, meeting you today, which has been wonderful. It's been wonderful. You can be, a, you can do a great show on your own. Thank you. You, you, you don't, you don't, I mean, I love Faceboy, but you, you could dump him in a second. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just don't want to, um, we got to wrap it up. I just don't want to steal his show anymore. Sometimes I steal his show. Sometimes you, well, only for like the last two months, but we got to wrap this up. Hey, listen, this has been wonderful. I'm glad we didn't get to the music because the conversation has been so it's been so, lovely, so lovely and and engaging. And I hope that you can come back on sometime soon. Thanks, Facebook. It was great, and it was really great to meet you. It was so great to meet you. And uh, and this this week has brought us closer than we've ever been, and we're really we're has. almost ten years into our relationship. So I'm very grateful that you have just. We've been there for each other in We've so many ways. We've been there for each other, yeah. And uh, folks, thank you for tuning in and for listening. Stay tuned. Up next is The Circuit with Courtney Love. We'll be back next week with another live show. We don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be about an hour. 
That's what we know. Rain might be on, but we're not sure yet. And I do like to end with this, and I mean it sincerely. Folks, show yourself some love and show some love to others. It is important, and you know that it is. Good night.